0: Hi, friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Dana Street, and our wonderful friends, Peggy Williams and Leslie Hollowell. By this time in our study of All That Matters Walk Worthy, the message of Colossians and Philemon, we've set the foundation that Jesus is preeminent. He is Lord over all. Now we get to walk that out in our relationship with others, especially those closest to us. And the first step is to continually die to ourself and choose Christ. For we cannot be submissive wives, encouraging parents, godly workers, prayerful saints, thankful believers, or faithful witnesses if we do not set self aside and come under the complete lordship of Jesus Christ. You're listening to The Afterword. Well, Dana, that's quite a list. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh my. How do we do this? <laughs> well, you know, we
1: have to be able to live out what yes. God is breathing into our lives, what He's teaching us. And we do that practically in relationships. Think about it like it's a lab. If you're taking a science class in school, well, it's all theory, as long as you're just in the book. But you get in the laboratory, and all of a sudden, you're mixing chemicals, and you're doing all kinds of stuff. It is hands-on, and it's real. And so it's one thing to read about loving one another in verse John. And it sounds so great, but then you get in the lab of life and oh my goodness, it takes on a completely different look when we are having to love somebody who is not being lovely back. And sometimes that's me that's not being lovely back, you know? And I, so it's learning to treat people the way we want to be treated when we are in our most unlovely state. I am go over to my parents every Monday night. And about three or four weeks ago, on the way over, when I was on the phone and somebody said something. You know how you just have that thing and it does not sit well with you? About a minute later, went in the house and my mother, who is always, her cup is always full. It's not just half full. It's always it's full. Overflowing. It is <laughs> <It's> overflowing. <laughs> and she is just gushing out all over the place. And I was trying to focus on something. And I just looked and I said, I am really stressed right now. She came around and she gave me a hug and she said, We don't let things like that upset us, mm. do we? And I said, It's just kind of like mm. I felt that you are so right. And she said, Is it going to matter a year from now? I said, No, Mom, it's not even an hour, an hour from now, probably. It was just <laughs> in the moment. But that's what happens when we are working with each other in relationships. The positive side is that that's why community is so important. So people can call us out and say, that's not who you are. That's not who we are. That's mm. not the way we respond. But we respond in love or we overlook the fault. We overlook the offense. I've heard you say, Donna, many times, we just don't get offended. Choose not to be. We that's choose right. not to be offended. It's a big choice. Can I just tell <laughs>
0: you? Well, yeah. when your flesh is screaming, it really is mm-hmm. because our flesh can be easily offended. But the Spirit of the living God in us, it has power over the flesh Mm -hmm. if we surrender to it and don't give in to the fleshly indulgences. And I think about, when I think about friendships and relationships, I want to be that person that other people feel safe around. And I love that book, Safe People by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. And they have three points in there about the safe person. They draw you closer to God. They draw you closer to others. They're not exclusive. They're inclusive. (laughs) And they help you become the person God created you to be. Those three things have just stuck in my mind because I think I want to be that person. When someone's in my presence, I want them to want to know the Lord more. I want them to be inclusive of others and feel included and feel loved. And then I want to be able to call out in them who it is God's called them to be. That's the gift of exhortation. And only mm. the Holy Spirit can give that. But that's what God does in Scripture. He calls us who we're going to be, not who we are at the moment, Yes. <laughs> but who He's created us to be. And so we're coming alongside God and helping bring out the best in people. So we cut them slack. We put them in the best light. We don't take offense because that's not what love does. Mm. Love is patient and kind and is not easily offended. And that's how we're to walk in relationships. And what a safe place to be. Don't you love being around people like that?
2: Yes, yes. Unfortunately, the world is not that way. They're so easily offended these days. And so I think, you know, I, I work a lot with high school and college girls and And just helping them to learn to forgive, it goes back to that's the freedom that Mm -hmm. the other person may not change. Right. You know, there's the old saying that says, bitterness is like an acid that you drink. You're waiting for the other people to die, (laughs) but it's really affecting you. So the freedom in relationships is going to come from the freedom you have in Christ. That person may not be doing what you want them to or acting the way you want to or whatever. And so going along with that thought, we have no control over outcomes.
0: Yes, But we are to obey the Lord and walk in full surrender to Him. So as I'm obedient to forgive and to love my enemy and to choose forgiveness, I'm set free. Now, whether or not they walk in that freedom, they receive the forgiveness or offer it to me, that's between them and the Lord. That's not my my problem.
2: No. But we try to make it our problem. (laughs) I know. And I know Peggy sees that a lot with women and women's counseling. Yes. Well, I'm just thinking
3: maybe everybody having a hard day, I just need to go hug them like your mom did (laughs) and they'll make the world a better place. I like that. I just
1: think it makes a difference because people calling us, like you said, my mom was just calling me out. She was reminding me, this is who you are. Yes. Oh, that's
3: right. Sorry. Forgot that for a minute who I was. Um, we know, one of the most convicting things in Scripture is when Jesus said, you know, if you just greet those you like and those that, you know, you agree with or think, I'm paraphrasing it, but it's like any pagan can do that. Exactly, It's like when you love your enemies, and that is not a huggy, kissy thing. It is, I'm going to prefer you in this moment, which I really think that's the definition of agape love. I'm going to prefer you. I think we give reverence to Christ by preference to other people. Absolutely. Like it's That's where we're showing off Jesus right then, like you said. And it's hard to do what you were just talking about. But when you do it, it feels so yes, good because you're free. You are free. You're not bound. Absolutely.
0: And no longer bound by what others think or how they respond or react, but doing what is right and then trusting them to the Lord. So yes, you're absolutely free.
3: And you're doing it in the presence of God, like God right. is watching that and mm-hmm. He's smiling. There's my girl down there. Look at her mm-hmm. treating them like that, yeah. and that just brings me such pleasure. I wish it were to happen more, but <laughs> when it does happen, that just brings me such pleasure. I go, Lord, I did it. Thank you, thank you for well, even me when that. you
0: said something about loving someone that maybe you might not feel drawn to, or would be easy to love, or that would be someone you would naturally spend time with. You will find sometimes they enrich your life. And you would have totally missed it if you had not reached out to love them and get to know them. And we get caught up in the flesh and the world when we're comparing and thinking, well, I'm not going to have much in common with that person. But in reality, if you're believers and they're walking in the Spirit, you have all kinds of things in common.
3: (laughs) Well, we're all made in the image of God. Now, sin has marred that. Mm -hmm. And that's the fascinating thing. I love people. I'm fascinated by people. And so I do love to get to know what makes you tick, because what is that fascinating thing about you? Everyone has a fascinating thing. But it takes time. And it really is easier to judge someone than to get to know them. Yes. But if you'll just take some time to find out what makes you tick, it's good questions. You need to have really yeah. good questions. But that is fascinating to me to find out what part of the image of God, like what do you have? And I like to draw that out. And that is giving preference to others.
1: Yes. It yes. is giving them value. It's loving the way God loves. You know, God loves us with the Hesed love. And part of that definition of Hesed is, Bowing the head. And that's what preference is. It is bowing the head and saying, I honor you for who God created you to be.
3: And that's any person. Yes, right. I can't skip over this person because I don't like them or agree with them or having, you know. So, Romans 13 8, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. That's right. But that neighbor is the other. Mm-hmm. So that's changing throughout the day, the other. And I can't skip over the person right in front of me and go, no, I think then. No, the other, whoever that is. You, in we can't leapfrog. Is that what you're <laughs> No, <know? laughs> we cannot. We cannot. And that puts a whole new spin on love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength right. and your neighbor as yourself, the other. So that's constantly changing all day long. So constantly my prayer is, okay, God, I want to, but how do I do it with this person? What would that look like with this person? Which is quite an adventure, actually. Because people don't expect to be loved. Right.
0: And so it's quite a surprise to many people. It is. And I think you hit on a point that's really important, and that is to ask good questions, to actually literally be curious about someone else's life. And as you ask good questions and you are actually interested and respond to their answers, they feel seen and valued. And that helps you get to know a person on a deeper level than just the surface thing that we typically do with most people. But to honestly get to know who they are, like mm-hmm. you said, what makes them tick, what yeah. their what their backstory is.
3: Yeah. One of my mentors of long ago, I would watch her a lot and I noticed that in a group, she would not be with the group. She would wait and find the loner and go mm-hmm. talk. And I asked her about it one time. I said, What are you doing right there? And she said, Peggy, everybody will go to the powerful, the popular, everybody will go that. She goes, I just hold back and wait, and i look for the person who's alone. And I go, and I start asking those questions. Who are you? What makes you tick? She goes, I've formed the most wonderful relationships. And I do try to practice that. I will not go with the crowd. I will wait, and I will see who's alone, and I'll just go strike up a conversation. People are fascinating. They really are fascinating if you just let them speak.
1: And everyone has a story to tell. They sure do. And their story is important. Yes.
2: You know, I mean, as God addresses the scripture, all the others, He didn't tell us <laughs> yes. we had to agree with one another, mm-hmm. but he did tell us to love one another, encourage one another, pray for one That's another. Right and when you begin to do that, all the other stuff kind of subsides a little bit. You so know, and the, you can... It all passes away. And if we're living for the kingdom of heaven and not this earth... And it doesn't
0: matter what they think of me, but it does matter what they think of Jesus. And I want to accurately reflect Him Mm -hmm. and be the one who gives them that love and grace. And there again, being that safe person of drawing them closer to the Lord, that when they're in my presence and when I leave, to leave behind the aroma of Jesus Christ, to leave somebody wanting what I have, which is that security and purpose and love that I have found in Jesus Christ. And then including people, looking for the person that holds back. Yes. And, you know, my girls were growing up, I would tell them, and I still do, and I think this way, when I go into a room, I'm an ambassador of Christ. And so I'm looking for somebody that's by themselves, somebody that needs to be encouraged, somebody that's hanging back thinking, do I fit in? Will I be noticed? And you go to that person because you're Christ's representative to that person. And what happens then is you forget about yourself (laughs) because you're looking to minister. You're longing to minister, to love on someone, and all the insecurities and the self-focus just falls away. And you literally become Christ's ambassador, which in a relationship, that's so beautiful. And then when you start connecting with somebody spirit to spirit, you find the Holy Spirit in someone that you might not have chosen Mm -hmm. or picked out of the crowd, and suddenly they start speaking, and you recognize this beautiful spirit and this depth and grace inside someone that you just want to learn more from them. But we would miss when we just stay on the surface and depend on the natural. I think would help us if we just really thought about each other
3: as brothers and sisters. Yes. I think in the little country churches, they still call each other brother so-and-so, sister Sister. so-and-so. And (laughs) And, and I'm not saying we should do that, but I think we need to have that in our heads. We're family. Who I'm about to speak to. This is my brother. This is my sister. So I'm going to change my tone. I'm going to change my words. I'm going to change my behavior because this is my brother. This is my sister. I think that would revolutionize churches. I really do. If we could think like that with each other, and then you're not competing with them.
2: I know. I always tell the high school girls, like, hey, one of the things I will tell you to start praying now is that God will help you with the comparing and competing, which leads to jealousy. Because those things will wipe us out. I had one of the girls, after she's got like three kids now, called and said, I thought it was hard as a teenager, but it's even hard as a mama. And I was like, you are so right. I mean, because it's just so in the amount of social media we have today that we began you know you're just overcome with oh man they're doing it so much better than I am or or, we've got this so when we begin to take our eyes off that again and put them back on Jesus and love them the way he called us to love and not compete and compare then that's where the relationships are really built and
0: you're in the mommyhood phase so can we just address that right now there is unbelievable peer pressure on moms from schools one of my daughters called me and she, you know, she's got preschoolers but people are talking about where they're going to have their kids
2: and you're know, getting them on the waiting list and it's like oh my goodness, the pressure's unrelenting. It really is. It really is. And that's something I have to constantly like, Lord, I don't care. Let's just go in the field and play. I know Hudson is a great kid. He's smart. He's fun. But I do not want to take childhood away from him. Yes. And I think yes. childhood is being taken away way too soon for our kids. And so just build in. I have really sought and asked the Lord, and this is a different type of relationship, but to have like-minded moms. Yes. You know, yeah. who are not in the pressure, who are not competing, in comparison, and says, Hey, you want to meet at the park? Bring a sack lunch, no agenda, and also who pray with you, you know, who prays for your kids. I had a text this morning and said, Just letting you know if you've had a bad day, if a, I've already done all those things, and the Lord loves us anyway. You know, I'm a mom <laughs> yes. of little, and you're uh, yes. like, Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, just having those, those people who are on your team. Who love Jesus, who want their kids to grow up in a generation that doesn't have to have it all, but that has to have Jesus. Well, and just we know for just
0: brain development, physical development, children need creative play, they need to be bored. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so you yes. need to figure out ways to entertain themselves and not be
2: entertained constantly. That's it. Like, oh you my. got a room full of stuff. you got a backyard. I'm an older mom, for those who don't know that. And so I grew up, you know, I was in the 70s and 80s where we didn't have phones. We didn't have all of that. And so it's a big tug of war sometimes to just know. I told Ronnie that I was watching When Calls the Heart, you know, it's set back in 1912. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like I need these shows just to keep me simple right now in the world. <laughs> (laughs) we live in. Yeah,
0: it's a tough world out there. I mean, it really is. And I think parents feel the pressure. I think they feel the pressure from social media to keep up with how they looked, being fit, to dress a certain way, to live a certain way, their house to look a certain way. They don't want to invite people in to their homes because it's not, you know, Instagram worthy. Right. When it's all about the relationship. It's not about what your house looks like. You know, people need to be known. They need to be seen. They need to experience life together because it's Part of that book we read, The Other Half of Church, that so much that we do in discipleship is left-brained, but we've got to approach the whole person. The right side of the brain is the creative, relational, emotional side, so we've Got to have it all. You need to know the word of God. You need to know the doctrine, but you've got to have life on life too. You have to have people that you actually live life with, that you pray with and do play dates with, and that are like minded, that love Jesus. And just pray. Ask the Lord to give you those relationships. I know in our early married years, we were 25 when Steve became pastor. And so we moved to the field, and a lot of the young moms didn't feel comfortable around the pastor's wife, I think because they thought, well, they had to act a certain, you know, real religious when they were a pastor's wife or something. So I didn't have a lot of young—they would go do things, and I would—glad I didn't have social media. I would have really known what I was (laughs) left—but I I would hear them talk about things they had done, and I had not been invited. And it made me kind of sad, and I ended up hanging out with women who were in their 40s because— they had grown beyond that. (laughs) They didn't have any inhibitions about hanging out with a 25-year-old pastor's wife. and so. But I grew by being around them. And I had a couple of years that were somewhat lonely, but it was during that time that I dug into the Word, that I, I was trained in EE, that I got to know an older woman who was an unbelievable prayer warrior. And then when God led me to start the first Bible study women's ministry there, she was the one I asked, look, I'll organize it. I'll be the administrator. Would you come in and teach us? Because I'd observed her, observed her walk with the Lord. So even those hard times God uses, but we need each other. God's created us in his image, and there is a beautiful unity and harmony of relationship within the Godhead. And that is what Christ has called us into. And that's the beauty of John 17, that we have been called into the oneness that Jesus and the Father experienced through the Holy Spirit. So the four of us sitting here right now because of Jesus are one In Him and with each other. We're able to have that unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. We're able to have one heart and one mind in Christ Jesus. God gives us that. That's the beauty of what He's called to. And if we will die to the flesh, we can experience that kind of unity and intimacy that
2: we were created for. And you know it when you find it in another person. (laughs) Yes. I said it while ago, I'm just honored to sit at the table with you ladies and learn from you every week. So the beauty of those relationships and how that you've poured into me and you said while ago about, you had some older women. Well, I am that older one, but I tend to go sometimes and hang out with those girls I used to disciple that are now moms (laughs) because I know we're all like-minded. You know, I know that. So I think those are important. Absolutely.
3: It is incredible pressure on these young moms though. Incredible pressure. With social media and then all the stuff going on. I heard something the other day. It said, when you're juggling a lot of balls, you know, make attention of which are plastic and which are glass. Because the plastic will fall and they can bounce. You can pick it up later. But the ones that are glass will fall and shatter. And that was just such a thing of prioritization. Like yes. I've thought of that ever since you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It makes you think about,
0: I can let some of that stuff go. I don't have to do everything all at one time. The bed can be unmade. The dishes can stay in the sink that child's going to grow up. Mm. That friend who has a crisis in her life needs you to drop everything. That's right. And our husbands. Can we we throw that (laughs)
1: in? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. They are are a glass ball, you know, and we have
3: to be that helpmate that God has called us to be. I'm glad you said that. Our marriages are glass balls. Mm -hmm. They really are glass Mm -hmm. balls. And Mm -hmm. when we let that go Everything else is going to be shaky. Mm-hmm. That's, that's cool. exactly right.
0: And, and that's the beauty as we were looking through the characteristics that we saw in Colossians 3 of having that heart of compassion and kindness and gentleness and humility, and how it really is the beautiful character of Jesus Christ. And that to be humble is to be servile, to serve others. And that is when marriage is its most beautiful when two believers are trying to outserve the other because we've taken on the actual character mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. And we're there, encouraging and serving and loving each other, and then we accurately reflect the gospel, which is what we're supposed That's to do in marriage. <laughs> That's good competition. That's right. You out, <laughs> that is good competition. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Steve and I will talk about that sometimes. How that really is. And as we've gotten older, it's amazing the things that used to bother us. That was no, they're not you know, even worth. It. I don't even have the energy <laughs> <laughs> for it to bother me. I don't even care anymore, <laughs> because we're so polar opposites. We just approach everything completely different. And to just honor that in the other person and celebrate it. And you know, that's why now I tell him you're my fun because I am just nose to the grindstone, get her done, task oriented. And I'm happy doing it. I'm perfectly happy to do it, but I know I need a break. And he'll be the one to go, okay, okay, flip the switch, turn it off. Let's go. We're going to go do something fun. <laughs> and I need him
2: to be my fun. <laughs> That's the balance of relationships, Because yes. yes. you know, I think I am brother Steve and Ronnie. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, hey, stop! We're going to go eat somewhere. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, we need a little spontaneity. Yes,
2: <laughs> yes. And that is good, and I enjoy it. Yeah, I just don't think
0: of it.
3: <laughs> I think just learning to forgive. Yes, I love to attend weddings. I haven't done it much during COVID, but I love the beauty and the bride, and I like to watch the groom waiting. But while they're all, with their backs to me doing their vows, I always think this one thing. <laughs> I always think. You two are going to hurt each other like you would never dream on this day, and you're going to have to learn to forgive yes. and forgive and forgive and learn it quickly. Yeah. I
0: never say that out loud, but I think that at every Absolutely. wedding that that is the key. Well, I would recommend The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller yeah. and mm-hmm. Sacred Marriage by Gary yes. Thomas. Those are at the yes, top right. of my list that I think every married couple needs to read. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Now, I've heard Paul
1: Tripp say, healthy marriages cancel debt. They cancel it out. They don't hold it over each other. And a lot of times I'll tell girls who are early in their marriage life, and they'll say, well, don't y'all argue? Mm. Occasionally we, you know, but it's honestly... We've been married 41 years. If there's something to disagree about, it's we've disagreed about it plenty. There's nothing else to talk about, like, <laughs> like Donna was saying. But, but one of the things is when you get in a disagreement, do not throw a history book at your husband.
2: Yes. Very oh, nice. good. That's, That's good. very good. Let it go.
1: Just let it go. But if you've canceled debt. That's right. There is no bad history to throw. That's right. And so I think we've
0: got to be very conscious that we do that. So we forgive just as we have been forgiven. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And there we go. The bottom line for relationships, right? We've been forgiven, so let's forgive. And let's love with the grace and the joy that we have because we're in Christ Jesus. Well, ladies, this has been delightful. I know we could go on and on because we are relational beings. (laughs) There would be no end to this conversation, but we will wrap it up for today. And
2: Leslie, would you close us in prayer? God, thank you. Thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace that you give to us, God, in order that we may give to others. And God, just help us to be your hands and feet in relationships, Lord. Help us to let our lights, the lights we have shining through us, shine to others, God. And just thank you for the privilege of being called your child. And I pray that we will go forth filled with the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience that others may be drawn to you. And so thank you again for this time. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 The Afterward Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org slash women.